0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org party today.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
0: So I think from, from the personality, many pilots that I have seen is, you know, they are very trustworthy people. They are very, um, they, they uh, know their subject. They are very um, tech savvy. You have to be when you fly a, a modern plane. It's a, it's a modern computer that you fly basically um, and super reliable, very process oriented. So, so taking all of these traits into account that are ingrained in them,
1: Welcome to the Mentor TV podcast and stay curious with Patricia Falco-Becali. Welcome back to another edition of COVID-19 from Crisis to Creation here on Mentory TV. I'm Patricia falko your host. And before looking at what we're going to talk about today, let me say thank you. Thank you to all of you that have subscribed to the channel already, that are so proactively sharing your thoughts and your ideas with us, really co-creating this channel. So thank you for being with us here on the channel. Anyway, let's look at the airline sector. I mean, to be honest with you, it's been grounded. And I do not say excuse the pun because grounded wouldn't really cut it. It's been decimated. If you look at the latest data coming from the International Air Transport Association, for example, global passenger departures in 2020 were down a stunning 60%. Also, revenues, passenger, the revenues on the passengers kilometer are down by 66%. A lot of these pilots and cabin crew have lost their jobs or are in follow. Actually, less than half of all the pilots out there are still flying on a day-to-day basis. So I'm asking myself, what are they doing right now? What are they going to do in future? And do they need to perhaps retrain and use some of their skills they already have as pilots in other sectors and industries? A lot of questions I would like to know and answered by Stephanie Schoss. She's a director at the Sangal University, and she's the founder and initiator uh, of the pilot retraining program. Apart from that, Stephanie, you're a passionate pilot yourself, an entrepreneur, not only a wonderfully beautiful lady, but also a mother to a patchwork family of about seven kids. So thanks so much for making the time to come onto the show.
0: Thank you, Patricia. I'm excited to be here and um, yeah, I'm excited about our conversation and let's see what we can do for the declining airline industry and all the pilots.
1: Yes, and I think this is uh, so heart-driven because I got the feeling that because you're a passionate pilot yourself, and it's not only private, but also commercial, that you really had a you know sting in your heart looking at what the airline industry is you know suffering because of the COVID-19 crisis. Lay the land for us. What really hit you and what motivated you then to, to do something about it?
0: Yeah. Look, I think you were quite spot on already. You know, with um, I have an unusual career with different uh, um, with with the different parallel careers or portfolio careers, I think, as they call it. And I've been flying for the past 16 years, and in the last years uh, in the commercial world. And um, so I got to know many great personalities great leaders who decide over life and death in a very short period of time. And um, and I have a lot of admiration for them. So when the crisis came along, I was just hit by the fact that many of them are bored to death, that many of them go and, you know, distribute newspapers in, in, in the evening or in the night because they don't have a job anymore or because they, you know, as you say, fly, um Only twenty percent of their normal um, in, of, of their normal uh, pensum, and I felt um, we need to do something about that and now being also with one foot in, um, in the education sector and using the education as an enabler for career transition, I, I thought uh, that's something worthwhile pursuing and giving these people a new chance and hope and self-esteem and everything they need for a relaunch of their career.
1: Yeah. And I think we need to start with their career, what their career really is. At the end of the day, it's very hard potentially to retrain somebody that is that specialized as a pilot is. I mean, they know their plane inside out, they fly their plane, but beyond that border, you know, that finger that takes you from the airport into the plane, I wonder about their skills.
0: Well, um, there is the aspect of skills, and there is the aspect of personality. So, I think from from the personality, many pilots that I have seen is, you know, they are very trustworthy people. They are very um, they they uh, know their subject. They are very um, tech savvy. You have to be when you fly a, a modern plane. It's a it's a modern computer that you fly, basically. Um, and super reliable, very process oriented so so taking all of these traits into account that are ingrained in them plus adding the education that they have and the daily routines that they go through um, being, you know process-oriented people and um, and and, uh, and on schedule, on time. So merging the skills and the personality gives a very distinct pattern. And then what adds on top is that I um, realized, because the career is so specific, they don't sometimes have the self-esteem to envision themselves in a different sector. And many of them told me, well, you know, except from flying this type of aircraft, I don't know what I can do or should do. And that was for an entrepreneur like me, that was totally new that someone wouldn't know how to translate skill and personality into a different sector. And that's why we took this as a starting point to really say, well, we, we understand who you are. We understand your profession, your professional skills, and we see how we can build on these skills and retrain you, give you the common understanding of the business world, the, the, um, the mini MBA, so to say, to understand the business world, but also help you to see where is the best person job fit for you based on personality and skills. And this is how we started developing the program.
1: Well, that that is wonderful. And I think this kind of translation to see, okay, what are the real skills you have in your current job that are actually needed? I mean, reliable people, people that perhaps also can deal with a crisis in a calm way, process-orientated, also having a technical neck is in, uh, as I can see in the free industry, something really, really important. And before we get into the real structure of your program, you just mentioned self-esteem. Uh, Stephanie, I would like to dig into that one, because when I grew up, you know, in the 70s, it was like that hot kind of job you wanted. You wanted to be either a pilot or you wanted to be a cabin crew because you could fly around the world basically for little money and discover it. And I just remember looking up to these people as being really, you know, those that made it. But it seems that self-esteem is a bit of an issue. Also how the airline industry since the 70s, since I can remember, really developed itself.
0: Well, I think that's uh, nicely described, as you put it. Um, of course, you know, uh, coming from the 70s where few people could afford it and where those who had the skills, you know, they, they also had this the that special status and the special status is like an old um, mythos that travels on um, and it's still there as a light aura today, but it's not really um, compensating for all um, the other costs that you have uh, in, in, in that profession. So today, you know, the salary is a fraction of what it used to be, inflation corrected, of course. Um, and and the lifestyle is also not all that great. You know, you have seen that very quickly to travel the world. But the cost of having your family at home, the cost of being told every 25th of each month how you're next month looks like. And you might, you may have cho- two Joker days to choose. Well, this is my wedding anniversary and my first day of school uh, of my child. And I hope I get these two days through and I have no visibility of my life whatsoever beyond these 25 days. So this is a hard one. Um, and then sometimes being away for very long time, away from friends and family, it's difficult to sustain uh, the social relations. Um, And on the question of the self-esteem, you know, because the prices are declining and the margins are are shrinking, uh, the the pilot is not, you know, the king anymore, but is is more of of a commodity. So some pilots told me, you know, I'm worth the rating of the plane that I fly because a a rating costs you between 30 and 100,000. So if an airline can employ you with this current rating, they can send you right on the job and have you productive in the workforce. If they have to take an additional 100,000 on you to train you, this is the cost you you are to them. So so they feel, I am exchangeable and all I hold is, is a certain rating to operate a certain plane. And if you cannot even translate that a different plane, how should you ever be able to translate that into a different sector and into a different industry? There's a bit of the background of what I experienced in, in discussions with colleagues.
1: Yeah. So, you know, what I hear from what you're saying, there's two things. When these pilots come to the program that you initiated at the University of St. Gallen, they have two issues, eight. An analysis of you know what they can actually do because they might not be able to tell you having a crushed uh, um, you know self esteem level and the other one is really to rebuild that self esteem because one thing for sure the world out there outside let's say the travel industry is not easy uh, retrained or not so I, I wonder to what extent you do have to have a psychological support um, they're going all the way through to say hey we have to even reestablish you first as a person before we even analyze you. But let's get into into the nitty-gritty of that um, program you have established. Where did did you start? I guess uh, you mentioned analysis, I mentioned analysis. You first of all have to find out about the person.
0: Yes, and we do this quite extensively to really focus on the person. Uh, We follow the principles of executive education of today, which is just in time, just enough, and just for me. So what we want to give them is really something that's tailored to their situation Tailor to them as a person and tailor to what they want to achieve. Not all of our pilots want to do 180% career shift and, uh, you know, go exit the airline industry. In fact, they're all passionate about their jobs. So whenever they get the next chance, good 80% of them, I expect, will be back in the cockpit. Um, so you have to understand what is their goal. You have to understand their personality and you have to deliver just in time, which means now, and not in three years, how you would usually develop programs, just enough. So something that is Suitable for now to give them a license to operate in a different world. These were the ingredients around we uh, around the, which we which we designed a program. So after analyzing the person, we analyzed where would actually be a good person job fit for them. So what can they do? You know, they are. Um, if you think about it, a pilot is um, a, a project manager already or a, a, a manager. You know, they operate a small SME with 300 clients in the back with a team of uh, three to 15 people, um, complex systems, so complex um, airline systems, communication systems at the same time and so on. So they they have quite some qualities to be a a manager, a good project manager. So we identify where would be fit in the market based on who they are and their background and their skills, but also based on future um, uh, professions.
1: And I I think this is an interesting one you just mentioned, that most of them want to go back into flying. Um, And uh, there I also dug out a very interesting survey by Flight Global and Goose Recruitment. And they asked these pilots, hey, you know, um, about uh, 43% of all of the pilots are only still flying. And will you go back? the ones that you don't and that don't fly, will you go back to your job? And last year, so a year earlier, this survey was done and this just came out. It was about 71% and now it's 64% because it's not the first time, Stephanie, that this sector goes through uh, you know, a downturn and perhaps a bit of a change in business model. And you were just saying about project manager. I think this is very interesting because I wonder, do they come and absorb... What you have to offer, or do they come and say, "Hey, that's the only other job that I could imagine apart from being a pilot," and you t- try to create this 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 job personality fit?
0: Um, I'm I'm not sure if I hundred percent understand what what uh, where your question is leading to, but we did ask them the question in the beginning and in the end. What where do you see yourself? And, and what um, do you think is suitable for you?" And it was actually quite diverse, I have to say, much more diverse than I expected. So some have a high affinity to technology. So some would say, well, I would even see myself learning a new skill, becoming a, a software developer um, or using my um, system monitoring skill and my rigid process orientation and going into a future profession like cybercrime controlling, some say, well, you know, all day I'm managing risk. So I think I'm I'm, I'm well uh, suited for, for a risk management position. So I think at the end of the course, they have a lot of ideas where they can fit and how they can fit. And what we do um, to your previous question, we do a lot. We do personality assessments. We do personal coaching. We do team coaching. We do skill workshops. So we center a lot around them and, and building, giving them hope, light, self-esteem, ideas of uh, where this can lead them.
1: Yes. To. And I think that is so core that it actually, first of all, is about them. You know, And if you need to kind of recreate a total new career, it is about you. And whether you A, have the motivation, the strength to pull it through and also to continue because any kind of sector may experience, of course, ups and downs. Now, when it comes to the program itself, tell us a little bit about the schedule and how you really structured it once the analysis is done.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, So first of all, we start with a kickoff, even in our second class and cohort, we started with a briefing before the kickoff because this is what pilots like, so we try to to adapt. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we invite them for a briefing where they can ask all their questions, which pilots always have. Then we start with a kickoff, kickoff session that compares aviation systems to management systems, pilots to managers, gives them an overview of the whole course, and explains them what it takes from them to be a student at the University of Sangal, what it, what it takes from them to make them successful in this course and later on. And I also do part of the introduction session, and I use lots of analogies from the airline world. Even we call this whole program Check In to Management. You know, and uh, so they
1: understand the lingo, so they're not like, okay, I can't even understand what she's saying. Exactly. <laughs> I like that very tailored.
0: <laughs> exactly, and then the program um, basically is an, a fully online program because we had very early on requests from uh, Dubai and um, uh, Canada and uh, all all different. Uh, nations where people wanted to participate, and we thought, well, this is um, the time to be online anyhow during during the COVID uh, crisis. So we tailored it fully online, and um, you have quite an intense um, pre-read session. Where they get familiar with different concepts. We call this asynchronous learning. And we know that pilots are very good because they're used to preparation and they read very carefully and they take the tasks very careful uh, or with a lot of responsibility. Um, so we call this flipped classroom format, you know, when in an asynchronous style you can learn whenever you have the time. Um, and you have a a learning package before and some pre-reading. And then we give them a task which we call preparation task to to make them uh, think about what does it actually mean for me? How how would I apply that? What are my questions? And then we bring them together in class with a respective professor of the the session, Um, and then they can discuss, they can contextualize, what does it mean? They have... Breakout groups in in the session where they also are introduced to skills. So the professor and the pre-read are responsible for the knowledge part. Then the skill, of course, to train them new skills, and um, and also we want to we want to broaden their mindsets. So these are the the levels we thrive on. Then after the session, they get a transfer task where they really have to get in depth with the knowledge and apply it to a situation, solve a case study, um, and then they have a transfer session a a few days later. And in addition, they have certain skill workshops, very practical, how do I write a CV for the business world? How do I present myself? How do I operate on LinkedIn and so on? And we have the personality coaching and and the personal coaching sessions. So this is about how a course week Looks like, and as you can see, it's quite, um, it's quite comprehensive
1: it's comprehensive it's dense and it really looks at all the aspects not only in terms of the person the personality the skills they already have but also the skills they don't have and also about you know self reputation management and self you know presentation it's uh, it's like dating you know if you've not been dating for a long time and all of a sudden you're out <laughs> there you have to start dating you know you need to know what sort of makeup to put on etc cetera, etc cetera. so the entire um, you know the entire teaching and coaching how to use social media such as LinkedIn to present yourself and really find a new career. We talked about the skills they already bring to the table. What are the main skills pilots are actually lacking that are needed in the outside airline world?
0: Um, I think one of the big differences that we see in in an airline pilot and in a great leader is that the airline pilot usually operates in an environment of 90% certainty and uh, he he manages the certainty very well and a, a leader operates in a in an environment of um, of 90% uncertainty
1: <laughs> yes absolutely and daily so
0: <laughs> and, and, and daily so and there when a pilot takes a decision the next seconds he has approved if that was a right decision or not. You know, if that in the end it was a hard landing or it was not a hard landing. You mean
1: if the plane goes down and crashes? <laughs> is that the kind of feedback loop? Oh my god, that's very macabre. Yeah, or if at you, the end of the day, this is what it is, right? Yeah,
0: or if you're violating uh, air air law or rules, you know, you will be told immediately and a report will be filed. So in the management world, you you, op- you often operate under conditions of high uncertainty and you don't know how your actions to to what they translate to. And pilots are absolutely not not used to that, that you manage 90% of your time, the gray zone, and that the decision you took cannot be assessed till much, much later. And that responsibilities defundate in the business world. Why in the pilot's situation in the cockpit, you have one pilot. Um, in command, that's pilot flying and he's responsible. So the systems are different um, and and the leadership approach. So I would say pilots are more managers Mm -hmm. of the complex system than leaders. So I would say also the interpersonal skills is something that is not primary relevant to be a good pilot, but it's very, very relevant when you go into, into higher management.
1: That's really interesting because that, you know, there are two types of people, just to put it really, really simply. there are the risk averse type one people, they call them in, uh, you know, in psychology. And then the type two are the risk tolerant ones. Mm-hmm. And what you find is amongst the leaders, there are more the risk tolerant ones that can make decision and know they have to make decisions, sometimes tough, uh, tough decision, even only on 60 percent of the information available or only on the information that is available. But, you know, you need to do uh, you need to make that decision. And that would have been my next question. So in tough times, economic tough times, we are always being told, be an entrepreneur. Start your own shop. You know what you can do. You know, be creative, crisis to creation, as we do have here on mentory TV. Mm-hmm. But if you are a pilot potentially falling into type one category of risk-averse people, being an operator, and executor, rather than a creator, and somebody that is, you know, looking to broaden the horizon, going out of the comfort zone, that's tough. So I
0: would also... Um, um differentiate in the business world between managers and leaders.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think leaders thrive on, on turbulences, uncertainties and create this, uh, the, this spirit of, um, okay, resilience now. Let's... Whatever
1: the odds will make it just pull together. Exactly.
0: And, and the managers, they, they, you know, manage the bottom line. What do we have to do to not, you know, go through our risk boundaries to make sure we are stable, to make sure we manage the budget. And I think wherever managers are needed and legitimate, this is where pilots fit in well. Um, the other point or the other scenario where, where pilots fit in well, and that's why I mentioned, for example, this um, the cyber security control, whenever you have an, Disaster recovery plan or an emergency plan that needs to be executed rigidly, you know, then a pilot is a great person. So I would say if we had more pilots acting and deciding for the current pandemic management, mm-hmm. we would be better, we would be better off, you know, because it- we had pandemic. Uh, scenario plans and and pilots would just very very diligently operate on the abnormal checklist and yeah. then on the emergency checklist and decide within split seconds and take full responsibilities.
1: Yes, and exactly. And that is a little bit what you see also in, army, in the army, you know, in this kind of crisis situation, they just then go and march ahead and do what needs to be done because they are trained to do so. And I think this is a fabulous skill to know always kind of like debate and be creative because there's sometimes not the, the, the time or the scope the to, to yeah. debate exactly to be creative, but that's you just have to that's march that's on, check your list, make sure that everything is basically streamlined risk managed uh, and and responsibly, responsibly so. So that's the pilots and the training program and before we going into into you know how the whole thing is really set up financed and supported also potentially by the governments or institutions and scalable, let me quickly ask you about the cabin crew because you have highly skilled, pilots on one hand and then you do have skilled cabin crew and I wonder they are they are nice and caring I always feel so so good especially if they're nice sometimes (laughs) but anyway because they seem to be stressed (laughs) you know they give you the coffee they give it to you with a smile where do they go what is what is really the base they can build on in order to have maybe a more long-term career
0: yeah you're you're hitting um uh, really a point there because the cabin crew is even is even worse off you know they are laid off much more easily they are not so strict labor contracts as as for the pilots um they're easier to train so easier to replace um, and, and uh, even more of them, you know, will uh, have to look for a different career. And um, there you do have very passionate metro de cabine and they also want to return like pilots, but you have a much more diverse field of cabin crew where um, many, you know, do it during their studies as a part-time job as a life experience to travel the world for two, three years, and then they anyhow are on transition. So numbers that you were citing before, 70%, 65% wanting to return, we would expect much, much lower numbers for the cabin crew to return. So we have a more permanent workforce that is available for the market and that needs to be reskilled. And, um, you know, uh, Patricia, to be very honest, when I... Um, kicked off this program, I was filled with pride, you know, to make something that is really that, that, that makes sense that makes sense for the individual pilots, for their family for the industry, for the business world, for the, for the businesses that need the pilots. So I was very fulfilled. But the next morning waking up, I felt but the first class is 30 pilots and we are laying off about 70,000 so um, what what uh, we, we have to scale that, and and that didn't leave me that feeling of th- that's nice that I'm you know it's it felt almost a bit like greenwashing I have the responsibility towards these two worlds so let's make something small that feels good so I felt this urge of we need to scale it up and um, of course I was very aware we cannot do that alone as a university. We are an enabler. We give you knowledge and skills and we train you. But I felt we need to enlarge the ecosystem, invite other partners in it to make sure that we go the next step and that we not only reskill, but help them to enter the job market. And even more so for the cabin crew. So in the second time around, where we now do programs for cabin crew, and we have long debated if we do it together with the pilots, but we do it separately. We do it together, though, with the hospitality sector. So um, uh, travel, hotel, um, um, uh, uh, gastro... uh, gastro. Yeah, leisure sector Mm -hmm. in general. Leisure leisure sector, exactly. So we we train them together um, because, as you said, they have this attitude with a smile. Yeah, they're nurturing, they're caring, right? Exactly. So um, we were talking with the industry seeing where would they find a new home and very quickly we found that there are many companies and industries that are interested in people who can do great customer care, who can even do even sales jobs because they care about the other person and they can, they can um, you know, uh, give you a great experience and eventually even sell you something. So we had anchor partners that said, hey, I would be interested in people with this hospitality mindset. I would even pay, I would tell you, you, the University of St. Gallen, what I need and I want that to be built in the program, Um, but I would even pay for the education. And I take 70 of them and I take hundred of them. So we are building up a program for for the cabin crew plus um, tourism leisure sector for a couple of hundreds at once um starting very soon and uh, not only leaving them with the education but also with a 50 to 60% Um, chance to have a job afterwards.
1: Which Which is wonderful, which is wonderful because you already have the side that is demanding and giving you exactly what they need and then you can be a bit more targeted in your approach to retrain them or emphasize the skills in the the cabin crews already. Uh, Let me just pick you up on one thing, Stephanie, you said. You said, you know, I had this wonderful feeling. I'm really doing good. You're making a difference, first of all. You're making an awesome difference. And every long journey starts with the first step. So, You know, saying, hey, 70 pilots and there is a tenth of thousands, 70 thousands actually being uh, really uh, losing their job potentially um, indefinitely is, sure, gives you the feeling of it's not enough. But I think it is the step in the right direction and you getting also governments involved makes it scalable simply because you know, the uh, the airline sector is a global sector. I mean, this is how we travel the globe, right? So it's kind of a no-brainer that everybody is in the same kind of boat. And I looked at the international data. I don't want to bore you with that, Stephanie, what actually the the, the, the situation is with, with the pilots and how many were losing their job and how many actually intend to go back. So not that many intend to go back. So this kind of program that you initiated is very much needed, for example, in China. <laughs> I looked at those numbers. Also, Russia not doing too well. So also America has their issues. So there is there is a lot of potential. Let's be a bit more concrete then, in terms of the um, the support from the government. How open, you know, Zangan, How open is the local government or the national Swiss government? And how open are the ones you've spoken to across the borders?
0: Um, You know, it's a reflection of how well the countries are run, I would say. Um, I could really, I would expect very high correlations when I see the results we have, both in talking to government institutions or subsidies or even collaborations, even PR collaborations to make this known, um, especially with with labor unions. Um, And also when we talk to the different airline CEOs, it's very interesting. Um, So I would say the the Swiss um, government is very open, very supportive, and so are the Swiss airlines. There is this sense of caring. So we are discussing concepts from, hey, well, that's a great idea. We communicate this to all our pilots and all our cabin crew, to we recommend it to do it, to we will pay them partly out of their um, outplacement package to, to get reskilled because we care. Um, so, this is what, what uh, we see in Switzerland response rate usually a few hours. In Germany, we would say response rate um, a couple of days, saying this is interesting, but we currently don't have time. We have other things on our plate. <laughs> um, and, and here is another person. I'll come back to you with a person. My people will call your people. <laughs>
1: we'll, yeah. we'll tell. That nice one, nice one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when
0: our organization takes care of that. Uh, but, you know, to to um, to not make such a dark picture, we are in touch with them as well. Germany is a bit slower. Um, we also feel a bit more reputation Um oriented, saying, you know, we don't tell our pilots, but we tell the press that we are participating, the media, mm-hmm. <laughs> that we are good corporate citizens. Yes. <laughs> um, and then America, of course, um, uh, Britain is, you know, busy with Brexit or so. So they were the worst experience. Uh, um, and 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 US, the US is the US, you know, that hey, let's make it happen. Let's distribute that information to all airline CEOs and let's form an alliance and so on. So, so we see the spirit of the country and the government and the leadership very much reflected in how government and airlines re- react to collaboration ideas.
1: Yeah, well, no, this is very interesting. And at the end of the day, you know, to to help the labor force to get back into any kind of industry is of the government's interest, not least because of the tax money. And I have to say the the airline industry itself is a huge contributor to taxes. So I guess uh, in order to get that house back in order or retrain whatever is wrong on the other side is uh, makes even economic sense, if not to say, uh, you know, emotional sense. All right, I mean, I think this gives us a very, very good insight of what you've initiated, Stephanie, which I think is awesome. This is why when you told me about it, I thought, no, this is this needs to be communicated to the world. And I hope that uh, that will also help to just raise people's awareness that this is not a joke and something needs to be done and can be done by people like you with the support of the university, local governments and the industry itself. Talking about pilots on one side, their skills, their lack of skills and where they then can be used uh, in the industry once they're trained up. More managers than entrepreneurs, more managers than leaders, I can hear. And also the cabin crew, one of the very vulnerable uh, in the sector that are, on the other hand, very caring, very nurturing, able to make people feel good. And just, you know, customer service is that makes, for me, a difference between one brand and the other. It's kind of like the after sale, I always call it, which leads to the new sale as well. So unless you have good, good stuff there, um, it's very difficult. Stephanie any way we can support you from our side, please raise your hand, make it known. And I think it's awesome what you're doing. Thank you so much for talking to us.
0: Thank you, Patricia. It was a pleasure.
1: And thank you, my dear Mentory TV community, for having joined us yet again for a fantastic conversation, this time with Stephanie Shaw. She is a director of the Sangal University, apart from an entrepreneur, one of the smartest women I have ever seen capable. And she's a pilot as well, apart from, you know, a super mommy being there for a big family as well. So I hope you're going to join us for the next conversation as well. And till then, stay curious.